Welcome back to the She Does This podcast. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. This week, I'm joined by the queen of online health and fitness, Ashie Bynes. We talk about Ashie's rise to fame and how she's gotten through some of her darkest moments. We also chat about motherhood, business, and self-love, which is all detailed in her newly released book, 15 Lessons That Changed My Life. Here's my chat with Ashie Bynes. Ashley, thank you so much for joining the She Does This podcast. We're so excited to have you on. How have you been? This has been a crazy, crazy year. What's been going on in your life? Oh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. I love having conversations with other women. Um, this year, oh, it's been a year, hasn't it? I feel mm. like every single person I know, including myself, has gone through so much personally within their their, their lives, their relationships, their work. And then collectively, I feel like we're all just feeling a lot. So yeah. it's been tough and challenging, but at the same time, I always, always talk about it on my social media and in my book as well too, like the most challenging times is where we have to dig the deepest. And I feel like that's where we find those really gold lessons. So I've learned so much about myself this year and COVID made me stop. It made me slow down. It made me stop and smell the bloody roses and appreciate what was really important. So I've got a lot of gratitude for this year, even though I found, I found it really emotionally challenging. I've learned so much. So I've, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride now. Yeah. And I agree. Like Wes, I'm in Melbourne at the moment and we're oh, in the so thick of, yeah. And just, I thought the other day how important just human connection is. I think we just take it for granted, but when we, when we, it's taken all away from us, you realize how important. I couldn't imagine what you guys are going through, like, and even having kids, just not being able to go out and do the normal things that you do with kids and keep them entertained inside and not have that extra set of hands or I don't know, just the the impact it's had on everyone's business. But yeah, you're right. The human connection is the most important thing. We're in Queensland, so we're quite lucky. Things are pretty normal up here we've had next to no cases um but I really feel for everyone in Victoria I I feel like it's a really tough time on all of your mental health and you've really got to band together and connect however possible one way that we do connect is on social media you are huge on social media you've got over a million followers just on Instagram can you tell me a bit about your life prior to Instagram Yes, sure. How far do you want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's start with your your health and fitness journey. So you yeah, cool. you started working at a gym when you were quite young, about seventeen. Is that correct? Yeah. L- let's start there. So I started working at a gym just as a receptionist when I was seventeen, and um, I just loved the whole atmosphere of like greeting everyone as they were coming into, into their workouts, seeing them leave the gym super happy. There's endorphins, watching everyone's transformations. I loved learning from the personal trainers in there. I just, I've always been a very active kid growing up. So I always knew that I wanted to help people and I wanted to do something that involved being active. So when I met my partner, my husband now, Steve, when I was 19 years old, he was a personal trainer, he'd been in the health and fitness industry for 10 years. And his business partner had been in the health and fitness industry for like 15 years and they were running boot camps. Um, so that's kind of how I got started, watching them and being involved, what they were doing just as like in their classes. And then naturally just started going into this, like I bought a bit, I suppose a feminine energy and a feminine way of support amongst the training that the boys were doing. So my health and fitness journey though, like I really grew up pretty unhealthy when it came to food. 
mm-hmm. was very active, but my parents, you know, had no knowledge on what was healthy and what was not. Yeah. Um, they're obviously doing a better job than what their parents do. As we do generations, we break yeah. the cycle and we get better. Um, so no judgment there, but yeah, I've learned a lot about like healthy food and clean eating and just how to nourish my body through, you know, meeting my partner and watching him teach women and people in his, in his boot camp. So but back when we started, it was like 11 years ago, Instagram was not a thing. Facebook yeah. was just getting big. So we started a Facebook page and not many people were on there using it as a business tool. So our page grew organically pretty fast. And back, mm-hmm. in, back in those days, that makes me sound old, back <laughs> in the day, we were posting transformations online and a lot of people weren't doing that either. So they went pretty viral and spread quite quickly and our outdoor challenge at Burley Heads where we live that spread around Australia and organically then we moved to being online as well and organically my Instagram page grew as well because people wanted to see what we're doing and wanted to see how I could help them and it's just such an awesome platform where I could connect with so many more people at once. Yeah so when did you kind of realize that this was a way that you could yes impact women but also turn it into a business obviously you've got the business in the physical form but when did you realize that that this online space and this kind of quote unquote influencer work was Mm. a way to make a living? Influencer work wasn't a thing back then but I realized pretty quickly I was doing bikini competitions when I first met Steve and they all knew my partner was a personal trainer and he got me in really good shape, got me feeling really good. Yeah. Um, and all, all the girls around me were saying, what are you eating? And I said, oh, he's got me into clean eating and I eat this and that. I said, yeah, but what is it? So we wrote out a pretty basic plan, a few recipes, and I just gave them to my friends and my family and our clients that he was, you know, giving, he was training in the boot camps and that mm-hmm. spread pretty quickly. So we started this forum. We all supported each other and Steve and I were in there answering everyone's questions 20 girls grew to 50, 50 grew to 100. At one point, there was thousands in there and we were spending all day, every day answering their questions and supporting them. And Steve was like, I'm a personal trainer and I charge per hour outside of online, but I'm spending my whole day in here supporting these women and I love it and you love it. We both loved it, but this this is a job. So that's when we started to sell our first clean eating diet plans and it took off. We realized the online world, one, is so big. Two, there's so many people that just need some guidance on how to get their food right and how to feel good and get confidence. And we had this platform and this community of women that were all wanting the same thing. So we realized pretty quickly that the internet was a great way that we could reach and help so many more people, which is really cool. So when did you start getting, and I'm sure you still do, but when did you start sort of getting contacted by brands um, Mm. for collaborations and things like that? A lot of influencers that I talk to in the beginning, they say, you know, we didn't even know that we could charge, but then, you know, they realized that, yes, there was money to be made. So when did you start getting contacted by brands and this collaboration process come about? I probably would have been about five or six years ago. I was always sent a lot of free things. And then I was posting for the brands just because I was like, wow, thank you so much. And like, this is so cool getting free stuff. And then I had a girlfriend that I, um, on, like an online friend that I spoke to heaps and she was in the modeling industry and she just messaged me. She goes, you post a lot for these brands and just making sure that you're charging. Yeah. I said, oh my gosh, what do you mean charging? She goes, are you not getting paid for promoting these brands? And no, what, what do you mean? Like, how would you charge for that? They're sending me free stuff. I was so naive and just so grateful yeah. to get free stuff. And she's like, oh, babe, the brands would like pretty much be laughing at you that I am taking advantage of you because this is your business and your airtime and your 
platform that you've worked so hard to build and then they just you're building their empires up and it's great that you're so appreciative but you know you also need to pay your own bills and build your own brand Mm. and I just was like oh wow I didn't think about it like that because I genuinely wanted to help these other brands and I genuinely loved their products I wouldn't post it if I didn't love it yeah but um so I just started charging small amounts and obviously it just grew from there and I, I realized the value of and the impact I was having on these brands which was awesome mm. but I also realized that you know there was a chance for me to be able to you know build my own brands and really help help my help myself as well I, I was a new mum and I wanted to obviously create the best life for my family and this is another stream of income where I can collaborate with brands that I truly love and are yeah. passionate about and post anyway and be able to make some extra money it's pretty cool yeah pretty cool thing it's win-win for the brand and the influencer like it's it's win-win for both it's a really cool way to market these days so you've you've launched your activewear you've got happy way protein you've collaborated with more life tell me about the idea of sort of maybe stepping away from those collaborations and, and creating your own products and releasing your own activewear because that's a mm. whole other beast of work when you're just, you know, being sent things, but now you're actually yeah. producing these yourself. Oh, it's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was just an influencer and not to put them down, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty cruisy job. Like to think you can come out of high school and take beautiful photos and talk about makeup. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. I'm not saying there isn't work involved. There are hundred percent is. But when you start your own brand, whew, it's another whole game that I didn't realize how hard it would be. But <laughs> in saying that, most of my collaborations or brands have stemmed from a place of feeling like something's missing in the market. So for yeah. activewear for me, I really struggled to find, there's so many beautiful brands out there that do so well, but I struggled to find activewear that one lasted, mm-hmm. two that was squat proof. <laughs> Bend over in front of all your tights in natural light. I guarantee most of them are not squat proof. Um, three that supported my bust because I've got quite a big bust. Um, and four yeah. that was really stylish. I've struggled to find activewear that fit all of those categories. And I thought, why, why not create this? I know I've worked in this industry for 11 years now. Mm. I wear activewear all the time. I know what I want. I know what's missing. I know what women want how can I create this? And that's where that started. And same with the clean treats. I was like, I'm sick of having these raw treats that say they taste like Snickers and all I can taste are Brazil nuts. Or yeah. <laughs> you know, they say it tastes like chocolate fudge and all I can taste are dates. And yeah. I was really frustrated wanting to swap my blocks of Capri for healthy treats and healthy <laughs> alternatives. And I could not find a brand that was nailing it. So yeah. that's when I was like, I want to do this. And, you know, Collaborating with, more, collaborating with More Life was such a beautiful, natural, organic one because I was already working alongside them and loved all of their other health products. Yeah. Um, and me, me and the owner, Belinda, from More Life, were really good friends. So that relationship is just beautiful. Um, and Happy Way, I've used Happy Way for years. The owner of Happy Way actually used to work for my boot camps. He was a trainer. Oh, yeah. So when he said he's coming out with protein, I was like, amazing. And obviously naturally organic, organically posted for them. I was like, I'm so proud of him. This protein is amazing. It's clean. It's organic. It tastes good. And um, yeah, like, I don't know how long he's been around for probably about five years now with Happy Way. And then last year he was like, would you like to do your own flavor? And I was like, yes, I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's my ultimate flavor? It's like, I love chocolate. I'm going to create the most chocolatey flavored protein powder. And it's amazing. That's so cool. So yeah. you've got you've got a team around you now. Like people see yes. you on on Instagram, Ashy Binds, but there's actually the Ashy Binds group. 
Yes. So what are the kind of the day to day? And this is what you were saying before, that there is work that goes into this influencing work and this yeah. online work. What's like a day to day, you know, what's, what's a normal day at the Ashy Vines group for you? Guys? Yeah, it's very different. I definitely have a big team and I feel oh, it's not that massive, massive actually. I've got a really amazing team, but day to day is very different. So this week, maybe I'll give you a week in the life. Yeah. <laughs> this week on Monday, we did a massive call out last week to get girls from baseline, which is my active wear. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get my community involved in the photo shoot. So we put a call out, everyone applied via video talking about why they love baseline, what it means to them and what they would, what it would mean to them to be involved in the photo shoot. Cause yeah. we range from size six, right up to size 20. And I really wanted to showcase every girl and every size in a campaign yeah. rather than just having me, which I'm a standard size 10. So we did that on Monday. We've got eight girls together, a videographer, a photographer, a graphic designer, um, the baseline team all came together. It was a big team of us and we did this incredible campaign. We shot all day. We were up at 4 a.m. for hair and makeup and we didn't stop shooting until I think it was like 3.45, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So that was massive. Yeah. Um, Tuesday morning was a little bit slow with me. I spent some time with my son and then I had a podcast interview about my book and a big team meeting around our app because we have Mm -hmm. a health and fitness app now um wednesday was just emails catching up with admin and getting ready for a photo shoot thursday which we had yesterday which was with the the website images for baseline oh and on wednesday we actually filmed some content for the app so we filmed a workout we filmed a recipe and we filmed a smoothie video so that took up a couple of hours as well so Mm -hmm. There's a lot of content creation and there's a lot of um, creativity needed to bring your visions to life. And I feel like that's what keeps you engaged with your audience. They really get to see your passion come through on video and photo and your mission come through on video and photo. And that's always Mm -hmm. my intention behind the video is how can I not only give value, how can I inspire, how can I motivate, how can I empower, how can I educate, how can I give back, how can I connect more? There's always like intentions behind all of that I'm creating. It's not just take a pretty photo. I want to make sure that what I give has value. And when they come to my page, they get something from me that can help benefit their life. I think that is the difference between, you know, someone who just takes pretty photos on Instagram and then someone who actually adds value. That is the difference between someone who's like a true influencer in my mind. You know, anyone can take a pretty photo with good lighting, but when you're you know, have a message behind it. That's yeah. what an influencer means to me anyway. Definitely. When I- you build your team, because when when people see baseline, when they see your face on Instagram, you are the face of this brand. And when a lot of other people are building a business, it's not so personal. It's mm. when how do you feel and is that is there more pressure on you when you're recruiting team members to ensure that these people are as are as passionate as you are because everything is such a direct reflection on you Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely a lot of pressure and I it's hard to find the right people but I definitely have hit the lucky stick with finding people that are really aligned and really passionate I mean people have come and gone for sure but Mm. most of the team members I've had have been with me for the whole time which is really really cool um and even my graphic designer she's She's now my photographer. She, you know, did my videos the other day. We just, we're such close friends that we had to, and we're so passionate about health and fitness and giving back and, and motivating women that it, the work is almost easy because it, it flows so well. But I really, 
am not trying to ever be a superhero. I think people forget that the Ashley Bynes, there's Ashley Bynes and Ashley Bynes is the group, that there is a team behind me. I think they forget that it's not just Ashley Bynes. Mm. I am never a superhero that goes, oh, I can do everything myself and look at me. It's just all me. Like, no way. I would not be able to do anything without my team. We all have our roles and we're all very good at what we do and we all don't step on each other's toes. We trust, we respect, we communicate really openly and we're, mm-hmm. we're just very aligned with knowing our missions. So I'm very lucky with, with my team. Um, I've got no complaints there. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work and I definitely got hit with the lucky stick. All my staff members every week I'm just like, oh my God, you guys are just epic. So amazing. Like on Monday I was just tearing up with how proud I was of all of them just bringing the anger, bringing the energy like they, they feel equally as passionate and I didn't think that was possible because when it's your own obviously like you live in a very like yeah. I'm still up at 10 30 last night just like writing down ideas for my next campaign shoot like I love <laughs> it I love it but the team are just the same you know what Taylor my graphic designer was up there messaging with me at 10 30 last night we just we love it it's so cool that's amazing. And you spoke just before about, about your son. And if you didn't have a team around you, I don't think you would get any time with your son because it sounds like no. you're so busy. How yeah. has motherhood changed your outlook on life, but also business as well? He's just given me a whole new purpose on life. I feel like physically before Taj, I was like wanting to be shredded and wanted to be fit and strong and like yeah, smash and bash, like just mm. go to the gym and it's all about fitness. That definitely changed so much. It was more about how can I nourish my body to have the energy to keep up with Taj? How can I be the best version of myself? And that meant not just physically, but internally, like doing my own work, healing my old wounds and triggers so that I can be the best mum for him. Mm-hmm. And business-wise, I want to show him like, you know, with being a mum, you have one side of you that's like, oh, don't go to work, you know, you shouldn't go to work. You should be with your son the whole time. And then I have the other side of me that's like, no, show him that if you were passionate about something and you were giving back to the world, working, working on your mission and your passion is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if that lights you up, you're allowed to be a parent and have your own things going on. And I know that what I do helps the world and I want to inspire him to be giving back to the world as well and finding what, whatever it is that lights him up, if he can do that and give back, that's amazing, but I need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So yeah. he's just a driving force every single day to get up, not only to provide the best life for him, but to show him that he can do anything he puts his mind to. So even my book, like I said no to doing a book for so many years out of pure fear. Mm-hmm. And now when an opportunity comes and I'm scared, I have my moment and then I'm like, no, lean into this. Like, what are you going to learn from this? And how is that going to benefit not only myself and my family, but Taj? Like I want him to see and go, wow. My yeah. mum did that. She was scared about that, but she's still leaning and didn't. She wasn't scared if she fell over and failed, she got back up. Like he's just always on the forefront of my mind to just keep pushing and also keep checking in to make sure it feels good for me. Yeah. I have exactly the same. I have a one-year-old and there's so much guilt of that, you know, you nailed it on the head before that you want to go to work, but then you feel bad because yeah. you're not with your, with your child. Um, but I feel like when you're filling your own cup, you're a better mother. Oh, and I 100%. think that that's something when, you know, we love our children so, so much. But when we're away from them doing something that fills our cup and, and, and you know, fulfills us in another way that's not just being their mother, I feel like I'm a better mum. Oh, 100%. If I was 
at home 24 hours a day with Taj, I feel like I would lose my patience more. Mm. I wouldn't have like as, as cool creative ideas. I wouldn't have as much fun. I'd be more stressed. I definitely come back more refreshed after I've filled my cup up with work or self-care or having a walk by myself. And I think with mum guilt, one thing I want to add to is because I feel like we've all felt it. Yeah. Is when that guilt comes in, guilt comes from us believing that what we're doing is wrong. So when I start, if I ever had that little voice that pops in that says, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be feeling guilty for that. I ask myself, well, is what I'm doing wrong? Because if it's not wrong, I shouldn't feel guilty about it. It's like if your best friend comes to you and says, oh, I feel so guilty. I went to the gym this morning, but you know, I should have been with my kid. It's like, well, you've gone to the gym. You've moved your body. You now have more energy, more patience. You've had that hour to yourself and you can come back and be a more refreshed mum. Should you really feel guilty about that? Or should you feel good about that? It's just the way that our mind, our mind can perceive something or put a meaning onto it. You could make it a positive meaning or you could make it a negative. You get to choose. And so much for some reason, it's so easy to go down that negative path, but we've got the power to choose every single day, the meaning we put on situations. So it's just important to check in and ground yourself when that time alone or that time at work gives us that chance to do that. You touched on your book before, and that's the reason we're chatting today, 15 Lessons That Changed My Life. So you said before that you've been approached many times to write a book and you've said no. What made this time different? A few things. When I'd when been approached to do a book before, it was always related just to health and fitness. Yep. And I, I just, it just didn't feel the right move for me. I thought there's so many health and fitness books on the market. This is going to take up a lot of my time. What are people really going to get out of another health and fitness book? What can I, how can I do, how can I create something that's different and that really can help change women's lives? It's different to what I do on social media. And I just started thinking about all the things that I've learned in life and the really pivotal moments that have really changed me. And the word lessons just kept coming up for me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I ran these retreats last year with my business partner and I would talk about the 15 lessons that have changed my life in my segment where I would, where I'd teach them. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought, wow, that's amazing. I, in this retreat, there's only 20 girls that I get to speak with. So we ran four, the, four in a year. It's only 80 girls that I got to talk with. If I have a book and I can put all of those lessons onto paper and they can keep that book forever, no matter where they are at their life, there's going to be a lesson in there that resonates with them at that point in their life. So that's where it just felt. Once I came up with that, it was just such a big yes. And I just went, went for it. So there's a huge theme in the book around not pleasing people and yes. self-love. So how did you come to a place where you've been able to achieve both of those things? I think people pleasing something as women, we always struggle with because we just want to nurture and we want to take mm-hmm. care of everyone and we want everyone to be happy. But what I learned over the years was when I was constantly saying yes to give and to help everyone, I felt like my cup was so depleted and I was so exhausted. I couldn't give the best of me to anyone, to myself, to my friends, to my family. And this saying is in the book as well. It's like, Fill your own cup up first so you can give the best of you, not the rest of you. So once I started to say no and learning to say no, and in a loving way, it's how you communicate it. You know, if your friend says, oh, can you help me with this? And you say, no, thanks. Like, no. Or Mm. say, look, I would really love to help you right now. I'm just so drowning in my own work and motherhood. I'm, I'm exhausted. Can I help you next week? This week's just not a good week for me. Like your friends are going to, 
love and respect and honor that from you. And you'll also inspire them to be able to say no as well. So I always keep them in the back of my mind when I say yes to things like, why am I saying yes? Is this because I'm trying to people please and I'm just trying to help everyone else? Mm. What, how does that affect me? You know, I, I just check in with myself why I say yes and, and how much I say yes and where I'm at. So I think that always sticks in the back of my mind. Well, how, did, how did you achieve self-love as well? Because I yeah. think that as women, we all struggle with a yeah, lot as it, well. I definitely think it's something most women struggle with, especially when it comes to their body and their relationship with food. After Taj, it really changed for me. Once I changed that mindset from a needing to look a certain way to feel a certain way, that really helped me. And I just got in such a gratitude for what my body had done. Mm. And that taught me to start having more gratitude just for who I was. Instead of focusing on constantly what I'm not doing enough of or what, where I'm not good enough, I started to really highlight and journal and write down and say out loud the things I was really proud of. And when you get in that habit, it's like flexing a muscle. To, to get good at something, you have to work on it consistently and that expands. So I just got in good habits of constantly being, being in gratitude of who I was, what I was bringing to the world, focusing on the good instead of focusing on what I wasn't doing. And I know my mission. I know my intentions. I know the energy that I bring up. I know I can own my mistakes. I can say sorry. So through all the ups and downs, I'm really proud of who I am. And I think that's important at the end of each day. If you can look in the mirror and be proud of who you are, that will help all of your decisions in life. Um, and self-love, it, it comes from practice. It comes from appreciation. It comes from focusing on the good of who you are, not what you are, not what you think you should be or what you think what your parents think you should be or what society thinks you should be. Otherwise you just constantly feel like you're not enough. We are always enough. We can expand and grow, but yeah. we're always enough and we are perfectly imperfect the way we are now. Mm. I got told the other day to, to talk to yourself the way your best friend would talk to you or yes. how your child sees you. Like your child just looks at you with, you know, with the most adoring look, treat yourself that way and talk mm. to yourself that way. It makes a huge well, difference. Yeah, there's a lot of work. I think when you start to dive in deep into, you know, our, our childhood, because our childhood definitely has massive impacts on who we are as adults, how we show up, how we communicate, the way we perceive things. So it's going back to that inner child. And when you're triggered or you're going through something, it's like, how would your little girl, like you as like, how is Ashley as a little girl? How did she need to be loved and treated yeah. in those moments of hard time? Like, how would you, yeah, how would you treat your kids? And you would never speak to your best friend and say, oh, you fat bitch, you shouldn't have eaten that. Like yeah. you're going on a diet tomorrow, you restrict your calories, you go smash yourself two hours at the gym and you don't eat for four days because you're, you're bad for eating that hamburger. You would mm -hmm. never speak to your best friend like that. So why the hell would you not give yourself that same respect? Yeah. And your body, your body feels everything you say. It really does. You feel that in your body when you say that. You're, you can see it in your posture, in your body language. You can, it doesn't feel good. No, Think it doesn't. Think about how you uplift those around you and give yourself that same respect. And when you do that too, you inspire your kids, you inspire your friends, your family. You show them and you lead them the way to be mm -hmm. able to do that as well. So lesson seven was a huge one, asking for help. Uh, and you discuss some pretty... Uh, heavy and dark moments, particularly around the impact that this trolling had on you. And what I found most ironic, I guess, is that your ethos uh, and, you know, what you're always talking about is lifting women up. 
but there was a group of women who just wanted to tear you down, essentially. So can you tell me a bit about how you became aware of this particular group on Facebook? I think you said it was. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and I mean, Twitter. Where was yeah, it not? <laughs> that's awful. And I, a lot of people say as well, oh, what can you expect when you have a public profile? No, that's not. Yeah. That's not. We need no. to change the narrative around that, I, th- I think. 100%. Tell me about sort of the early days of it when you first became aware of this trolling Mm. how did you initially feel about it what were your initial reactions and feelings yeah I mean it was a few years ago now I think I almost had that mindset like you know there's always going to people that don't like what you do it's just part of putting yourself out out there that's what everyone had told me like grow thick skin like you know yeah what do you expect so I almost spoke to myself like that like get over it (laughs) this is a part of the game this is part of yeah putting yourself out there and you've you've got to put up with it what can you do about it and I just started to get sent things on the daily all the time and it started to just be so overwhelming and when I would do something or say something online because I talk a lot on Snapchat and Instagram Mm. it was everything was getting screenshotted everything was getting reported back to this group and this group was growing very very fast so when something would happen the, the, the head of the group, I suppose, would tell everyone in that group, and there's thousands of girls in this group, to go onto my Instagram profile and start commenting, you know, whatever. So I'd post a photo and then within minutes, there's so many comments of hate. And this was on all of my platforms. It was not just about me, it was about my family, about what I look like, about my businesses, about my friends' businesses. It was just so overwhelming. So I had to turn all the comments off. Um, but then they go onto another platform and they'll always find a way. And then even people that loved and supported me would send me things and be like, Hey, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this person said this about you. This person's threatening your son. This person's put your address online. This person's, you know, said this and that. So it's like, no matter where I went, no matter what I did, I just felt like I couldn't escape and I couldn't breathe. It was horrific. It was so hard. And now I'm a parent too. Like, I can't imagine like how my mum would have felt, how Steve would have felt, I was so sad and living in fear and worried and not myself like Taj would have felt that. He would have seen that mummy wasn't okay. It was a really, really challenging time. The darkest time of my life, that's for sure. I would not wish that upon anyone. And now I'm very grateful that it happened to me and not a 13-year-old girl that had no support, didn't know how to handle it. And that could have been one too many comments to tip someone else over the edge. Thank God it happened to me and I had the tools and the resilience and support to get through that. That's Mm. the gratitude I see in it. And obviously it's taught me so many things, but yeah, it was, it was horrific. It was awful. Part of the uh, book said that you believe the only way to stop the pain and fear and no longer be a burden to my family and friends was for me to end my life. Mm -hmm. So these people have got you to that point, Mm -hmm. which is just horrific, but you, you then go on to kind of speak from a place of love and you forgive these, these people. And from, from my perspective sitting here, I mean, I just, the word that comes to mind for when I think of these people is pathetic and just, you know, why like clearly they need to get a life and look at themselves. How, how do you speak from a place of love and forgiveness when they got you to that point where you thought that it was best for you to end your life? Mm, it was a very big transition, <laughs> one that took me a long time to truly get through. Um, 
Yeah, that, that was an awful time. But, but what I learned and I still believe this so strongly today is hurt people mm. hurt people. Yeah. No one, no one is born evil. No one wakes up in the day and says, Ooh, I'm going to, I was going to swear. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Am I going to, I'm going to fuck up Ashy's life today. Like no one is born wanting to do that. The way I think about it is if someone is projecting anger and hate online, the louder they are, the more aggressive they are, the more hurt they are. And I just think, God, what has happened to them? Has their mum just passed away? Have they just found out their best friend's got cancer? Have they just been robbed and lost everything? Have they lost their job? And then they see me do something and it triggers them and they don't have the tools, the education, the support, the space, the love, a hug. They mm. have nothing to help them move through that. And they, or they've got all this emotion coming up and I'm using my body language here on a podcast. Yeah. So you can't see, but all this emotion coming up and no one's ever taught them or shown them the way to sit with that, to express that in a healthy way. Like imagine if that troll had been brought up in a super abusive upbringing, you know, parents that were physically, emotionally and mentally abusive and they have never been shown another way to express their emotions and to feel heard. So Mm -hmm. the only way they know how to do it, I'm not saying it's right. It is never right. But I understand, I understand why they do it and that they, that's their last straw. They don't know how else to handle it. They don't know how else to project what they're feeling and understand that what they're projecting is, is a trigger and sometimes a mirror of what they're not feeling enough of. Mm. Do you so think when- as well, though, that there's an element of just jealousy? Because I-, I feel like a, a, lot of these, a lot of these people, you know, tear strips off anyone who is successful or creating their their own success and I feel like sometimes awful comments that you read and things it's just a bit of tall poppy syndrome I think there's a mixture mixture of it all I feel like there's really people that are very hurt and old wounds and they're triggered maybe a little bit of jealousy I'm not sure um also a bit of gossip I think sometimes like even you know and I can understand that too like who doesn't watch the Kardashians we love knowing what's happening in their relationships and what's happening you know, in their drama life, like the more drama that's in a reality show, the more addicted we are. So I kind of, from that side, I kind of understand maybe they were just really addicted to knowing what's going on in my life. And when a bit of drama happened or I made a mistake, God forgive me, we all made mistakes. Mine was just in front of millions of people. Um, They fed off that and it it made them, sometimes makes them feel better, I suppose, maybe makes them feel a bit more human because they might've made the same mistake. But it's, it's, there's so many layers to it and so many elements as to why they do it. I can't pinpoint just one thing. I think it's a whole mixture, but the jealousy I can understand as well, because sometimes I've been through stages where I see another woman doing something and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I bet you shouldn't do that on her own. You know, you yeah, have those thoughts, you right? do, don't you? I'm being honest here. We all go, oh, you know, that doesn't look that good anyway. And I catch myself so quick. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, you're not going back to that mean girl. And we all went Mm. through it in high school. But if we don't work on ourselves and do self-development and peel back our layers and understand who we are at our core and how our childhood affected us, if we don't do all that work, it's just so easy to slip back into that pattern of, of hate and jealousy and comparison and blaming and not taking any responsibility or not thinking, oh, now, now those feelings come up and I go, oh, Okay. 
hmm, why is that? Why do I, why am I feeling that with her? Oh, okay. It's because I'm not working on that in my life. So I'm jealous that she's doing it. Yeah. You know, sometimes it could be someone that hasn't, you know, if I feel insecure about my body, it can be easy to be like, well, oh, they're, they're naturally lucky or they're, they're genetically like this. And then I'm like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, I haven't been really looking after myself that well. So she's mm. triggered me because she looks amazing. You know, it, <laughs> always, it always comes back to us when we point the finger at someone else. I wish yeah. people could see right now, but it's when you point the finger, there's <laughs> three fingers pointing back at yourself. Yeah. So when you point the finger at someone else, what are those three things that you're pointing back at yourself mm. that you need to work on? So there's reasons why everyone does everything and it's all different. There's so, there's so many reasons why trolls are trolls, but I just try to come from a place of understanding because fueling more fire to the situation or hating back, well, it doesn't serve anyone. No. Now what's your strategy um, dealing with? Because, I, I, you know, it's, it's quite sad, but the trolls w- will always be there and there'll always yes. be someone who feels compelled to write something nasty or do whatever. So what's your strategy of coping now? I have a few tools around my belt. (laughs) (laughs) I evaluate the situation and I really try to go with my gut as to who I'm speaking to. And if it's a fake profile with no photos and they've made a profile just to make a comment, I'm reasoning, Mm. I'm trying to reason with the unreasonable. So Mm. a lot of the time that's an instant block. If it's a person, they've got a profile and I kind of feel like it's a bit of a dig or a bit of a hate comment, but you know, there's something underneath it. I'll private Mm. message them and voice message them Mm. and say like, Hey, like, thanks so much for your comment. Like, just want to dig a little deeper here. Like, you know, are you really upset that that happened? And if so, why? Like, can I see how I've upset you or is there something else going on that I can help with? And that works so well. And I love that I can help hold a space for someone to vent. You know, there's been so many times where mums or someone has projected something and I've messaged them and said, are you okay? I don't, I don't feel like that comment you, you truly think that about me. Yeah. And if you do, I'm sorry. Or, you know, why, why do you feel like that about me? Let's chat about it. But are you just having a shit day? And half the time they're like, oh my God, I just, this happened. And I just felt so angry. And I just well, I took it out on you. I'm so sorry. Wow. And then there's, you know, there's still hate pages around where there's gossip and that kind of stuff. I just don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't read into it. If people send it to me and I, you know, I see something, I'm like, you know, when my book came out, there was even one girl that was just like, oh, how pathetic. This is going to be so stupid. What she got to say, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, oh, you poor thing. Like, mm. you're, you're sitting here watching what I'm doing. You obviously, <laughs> no, you, obviously, you obviously like what I do. Yeah. You're just spreading hate for you know, whatever reason. Is that triggering her that she hasn't written a book or she's not doing what she wants to do or she's too scared to yeah. take a risk? I just, I felt, I felt sad for her, Yeah. but I don't, I don't respond or react. It's, there's no point. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect that time of the month. If I get a really nasty comment about my son, yeah, sometimes I do respond in the way that I might not want to. I'm that's very- being a mother. If someone <laughs> says something about your kid, my God, that's, that's like <laughs> the claw. I think the claws would come out from anybody. If anybody says something yeah. about your child. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm human. I, I, I feel like I'm very aware and very conscious of other people and what's going on. I always try to give love and be understanding, but there's definitely moments where I'm still human. I'm like, Oh, that's just annoying. Like, come mm. on. <laughs> Do yeah. you really feel a need to post that? <laughs> and I might just vent to Steve or call up my girlfriend and have a bitch to your girlfriend. That's what your girlfriends are for. But yeah, I really try so hard to just be understanding and give love and just be a good person. Look in the mirror and be proud of who I am at the end of the day. 
That's so important. So what are your hopes for the future personally and professionally? You've achieved so much already, but what's, what's next? I get asked this a lot lately. Um, I'm very content right now with my work. I feel like this whole COVID situation really got me to check in and be really aligned with everything I'm doing and go through what was feeling aligned and what wasn't. And that's Mm. why we even totally got rid of our old app and started a new one because it just feels so much more aligned. Um, I don't want to take on any more new big projects. I feel like doing my magazine and my book was so amazing, but it took up a lot of space and energy that I now want to put into just really focus on my app, the clean treats baseline and being a mum. And I'd love to have another, another little bub. My husband is begging me. He wants 10. <laughs> oh my God. Can he have half of them then? Cause I'm, <laughs> I, I'm okay with pregnancy. It's the newborn stage. I really struggle with the, the no sleep and they're being yeah, touched 24 seven. I, Oh, it scares me. I really, I know some mums are like, oh, newborns love it, but I really, really struggle. And hopefully second time round, if I get blessed with another human, I mm. hopefully, you know, have learned a lot and, you know, learned to ask for help and all that stuff. But yeah, maybe one more little baby will be enough. Not, not any more than that. Steve's dreaming <laughs> to have 10. <laughs> Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. The book is is out now, 15 Lessons That Changed My Life, available at all good book retailers. Ashley, again, thank you so much and all the best for the rest of this year. And um, maybe we'll hear you're expecting another little human sometime soon. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll be back next week with another episode of the She Does This podcast. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search She Does This. Give us a follow and keep up to date with the latest from the site. Have a wonderful week.